We love. <laughs> of course we are. Absolutely. <laughs> There you go. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Rob, Ben, and Joe here with you hanging out on another COVID uh, <laughs> podcast day. You got the cool ones out, guys, on a cool afternoon here in middle Georgia. How you doing, Robin, Ben? Feeling good about it, man. Just uh, ready to roll into May. <laughs> tapping, tapping April out. Moving on into May. Hopefully the pollen calms down. My allergies are just... <laughs> Out of control. I think I mean, everybody's... in Zyrtec, I don't think it matters. <laughs> and everybody's so, so on edge about the coronavirus. If they wake up with their throat itchy, they're oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's totally the pollen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've totally got corona. It's like this every April and May. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you woke up with a sore throat because it was like 68 degrees outside and pollen is everywhere. That's what's going on. <laughs> you can't breathe without it. So, guys, we went through the draft last week, and uh, we got a special guest on our show here today. want to say uh, uh, we got Mike Conti coming up from 92. The fan in Atlanta. Great to have him on. The voice of the Atlanta United, my yep. favorite soccer guy right there. Talk a little soccer. But uh, we got the draft behind us, the virtual draft. And I tell you what, did not see the technical snafu I was waiting for. I didn't see it. I mean, there were some little things here or there. But, but it was pretty well it was pretty clean for the first time. Right, other, yeah. than, other than Roger Goodell sitting in his easy <laughs> chair, just like <laughs> propped back eating M&M's. Like, I'm getting low on M&M's, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> because I'm going to, you know, somebody refill me, please. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering what he had out of frame, right? Yeah. Like, where was the beverage <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. not in yes. picture? That's oh. what I was looking for right there. So, Rob Ben and Joe Show here brought to you by Bubba's Tire Center Network One Sports, of course. And uh, our friends at Eyeballs Marketing and Media, we appreciate you all sticking with us. And you can find us all the time, anytime, on Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show. And, of course, Facebook at RBJ Podcast. Online streaming at Network uh, One Sports, of course. And, of course, you can download our stuff on Spotify and Apple Music anytime you want. So you can take us there wherever you go. Now, guys, we got uh, the Atlanta market right up the street. You being Georgia Tech fans, of course, familiar with Atlanta Radio. One of the biggest names in Atlanta radio on the air with us today. We got Mr. Mike Conti with us. Mike, how are you doing, my friend? Guys, it's a, a pleasure to be with you, and I hope uh, all is well down there in Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> well, it you know, we're, we're just uh, we're just fighting the whole uh, pollen battle down here and calling it Corona. That's what we're doing. <laughs> you know what you said is no joke, by the way. Like I'll go to bed all the time. And I'll be like, oh, my God, is this corona? That's is, right. Is, 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 <laughs> am relate. I going in? It, 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 you can it, relate. You know, I, I, I did all the social distancing. I stayed out of all the bars and restaurants. I <laughs> called a game in a month, and it's still going to get me. And, <laughs> yeah. and sure, enough, sure enough, I wake up the next day, and it's just fine. But that is a real thing. Like, it, the, the timing with this and pollen season has been uh, – a little bit unsettling, at least on my end. Absolutely. You see somebody with the sniffles walking through the park, and you're like, stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> you watch yourself now. That's right. Uh, there you just wake up with that sore throat, and you're just like, that's it. I'm a goner. That's it. It's got me. But anyway, hey, uh, so we enjoyed the uh, – we talked a lot about the draft last week, Mike, as you would imagine. Not a whole lot more to talk about, but uh, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Let me ask you, let me get the soccer stuff out of the way to start with here. I love the Atlanta United. I love coming up there and uh, watching some soccer when I get a chance. And uh, I know Joseph Martinez, with the injury to that ACL, had surgery. He's recovering. What's the scoop on him now? How's he going to be uh, coming into next year or whenever they play soccer again? Well, what's interesting is, you know, with this delay in play, the longer they wait to either restart the season or or start anew or, you know, whatever the heck they're going to do, and I I don't think they really know. But the longer this goes, it actually kind of opens the door for Joseph to maybe even sneak back in and play this year, which would really be something. I mean, he's he's such a competitor, and I I know you guys know that from watching him. He's such a competitor. He's someone who can never sit still. Basically, so he's been working very, very hard in the early days of his rehab. They had to wait quite a long time to even do the surgery because the injury was so severe, uh, so complete that the swelling didn't go down for like the better part of two weeks. So that right there kind of put him two weeks behind schedule. But he's rehabbing here in Atlanta. Um, you know, the team doctors are working with him. Uh, the team has a really good partnership with Emory. They're working on it, too. He went to a very, very uh, well-known in the soccer community 
surgeon up in Pittsburgh who did the surgery. This is the same surgeon who did Zlatan Ibrahimovic's surgery. And Zlatan came back way, way, way ahead of schedule. Uh, so, you know, hopefully the same for Joseph. And, and if the season gets canceled, then no harm, no foul, I guess. But I think there's a chance that if this, if this gets pushed into November and December, and maybe, you know, the, the playoffs were to be played in December and January, which I think is a possibility, then maybe you get Joseph back this year, and that would be very, very excellent news. But uh, it's still very much a wait-and-see mode on all of that. I hear you, man. Well, I, it is interesting to me. I, w- I was watching the, the clip earlier today to, to revisit that injury, and, you know, on the clip it looks uh, – fill me in if I'm missing something here, but it looks so innocent. You know, I don't see – the what you would imagine when you get an ACL tear like that. What did I miss in that play uh, that that really brought him down? I mean, I don't know if you missed anything. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you're right. When it happened, you know, the thing with Joseph, and I, I don't want this taken the wrong way, but you know, the thing with Joseph is he gets hurt a lot, he gets banged up a lot, and he tends to react um, a little bit dramatically. A little bit theatrical. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that in, in a, in a demeaning way at all. It's, it's just his personality. I, you know, everything is is very, very pronounced with him. And you know, when that injury happened up in Nashville, it, it, it was weird. It kind of happened right in front of our booth, and it, it felt odd that he kind of crumpled without being hit, without any kind of contact. Usually, Joseph will try to sell a call. Yeah. Uh, you know, try to draw a foul. There, there was no call to really sell there. So I thought, all right, well, that's a little suspicious. But, uh, you know, even leaving the stadium that night, it, what I had heard from <clears throat> some team officials was, you know, again, yeah, Joseph's kind of dramatic. Hopefully this isn't a big deal. We'll just kind of wait and see. And when we found out <laughs> the next day that, you know, the torn ACL was a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, it, it, but I, I think of Bo Jackson, guys. And, you know, when Bo Jackson suffered, what turned out to be a career-ending injury, it, it was one of those really innocent-looking high ankle sprains that you thought really wasn't that big of a deal, and, and next thing you know, he never plays again. So often it's really, really difficult to make judgments based on the way it looks in real time, and that may have been the case with Joseph. Yeah, it was weird. He was just standing there kind of at the corner of, I believe it was like the six-yard box, and just all of a sudden the ball goes by his head. He's like, oh, man, I'm down, you know. <laughs> but, uh... Well, and, and, but, you know, that, that really speaks to Joseph. I mean, he's he's hurt. He's hurt bad. Yeah. And uh, he's still trying to play. Yeah. And and I think that's when we knew that, that this was really a bad deal. When, when it, you know, he, he got hurt, he stayed down for a while, he came back, you know, we thought, okay, well, oof. You know, thank goodness, Joseph's going to be okay. And as soon as he went down like that, we knew it was rather ominous. So, you know, it it stinks. It's bad for the league. It's bad for the team. But uh, I guess if there's one very, very small blessing in what what has happened, you know, to the sports world is that Joseph really has not missed that much time. Yep, yep. Well, again, we got Mike Conti on the phone with us here on uh, the Rob Ben and Joe Show, brought to you by Bubba's Tire Center, Network One Sports, and Eyeballs Marketing and Media. So, uh, Mike, why don't you, for those of uh, people who may not journey to Atlanta that much during sports season, which I'm sure none of them are, you know, on our show. (laughs) But why don't you remind everybody of all the things you're involved with there in Atlanta Radio with 92.9 The Fan? Not not much. I, I, I do the radio play-by-play for Atlanta United. Uh, I'm the radio uh, color commentator for the Atlanta Hawks, and I also do their their pregame, halftime, and postgame. And then, uh, yeah, I'm the managing editor of 92.9 The Game, uh, which is our 50,000-watt sports talk radio station in Atlanta, which is home of the Falcons, the Hawks, Atlanta United. And uh, been working there since we signed on in 2012, and it's been a really fun ride and uh, really enjoy being able to connect with uh, – Sports fans across the state on a daily basis, whether it be through shows like yours or through, you know, the Hawks and Atlanta United. It's a lot of stuff on your plate there. You got plenty of free time. Nothing, uh, nothing going <laughs> well, on. Well, I got a lot of free. <laughs> Got a lot of free time right now. <laughs> well, I know. It's kind Rob- of unsettling in a way. Like it, you know, it, it's been great because I've been able to hang out with my wife and uh, you know get a lot of time in on the barbecue and work on some projects around the house that I otherwise wouldn't have time to work on. But uh, it's been been weird because, you know, for years, basically, I'm going from game to game to game and city to city to city. And it's like, um, 
you know, when you're running on the treadmill and someone unplugs it, uh, and uh, when the treadmill's on 6.0, it's like you, just kind of, <laughs> you kind of you careen into that that handlebar or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's you're like, what the heck happened? But yet your legs are still kind of throbbing and, and your heart is still kind of racing. And it, it was, you know, Bob Rathburn and I were talking about this. It, it's like, you know, the engine is running and and someone. Uh, just kind of pulls the key out. It's very, very strange yeah. and, and unsettling and a little bit different. And I, you know, parts of it have been great. Parts that I really, really do not enjoy. I, I miss working. Uh, but hopefully this will be over pretty soon. I guess that's all we can hope for. <laughs> yeah. Home Depot quite is, uh, quite it is, isn't as exhilarating as the Hawks or, or a soccer game. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Like the, the week before, well, the days before this all kind of ended. Um, I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly what we were in Nashville, went from Nashville back to Atlanta to do a Hawks game, then did an Atlanta United game in Atlanta. Uh, and then got on the plane and went to Mexico to go with Atlanta United, Mexico City. And that's when this all kind of went down. So, you know, I'm crisscrossing the country. Like in February, I was in Minneapolis. I was in Cleveland. I was in Birmingham, Alabama to do a soccer game. I was in Fort Lauderdale twice. Um, I was in Washington, D.C., New York, Atlanta to do a bunch of games. And, and then, like, suddenly everything stops. And it, it's it's very, very weird because you didn't really plan for it you didn't see it coming you didn't know it was coming uh and when everything did stop you kind of thought okay well th- this is it's it going to take a couple weeks for this all to sort out and hopefully by mid-april we'll be back to work again and now you know as we said here I, I don't know when we'll be back to work or even if we'll be back to work it, it's um it, it, it's gotten very real very fast it, and part of it like i said it's fun it, we're all having our quarantine fun right now and enjoying time with family but you know at some point soon this is going to get really very very real for all of us who work in our industry and that includes the athletes um i i don't think a lot of people understand that sports yeah it's a luxury and it's something that that gives us entertainment and i know a lot of people are arguing that it's a non-essential industry but it's an industry that economically supports hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this country. So that's why we need to get back at some point soon. Absolutely. That's what we, we've we continuously kind of talked about that the last, really, the month ever since this stuff started. Yeah. yeah. You know, people, they come up and they say, well, we're not going to have football because it's too dangerous or we're not going to do this and that. And the the fact of the non-essential essential that that debate obviously can be had because I have my own stance on it but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah. But but sports 100% is an integral piece of not only just for the the people involved but the media and everybody advertising and the money and the yeah. money that's involved is unreal. Well, we just we just kicked around the you know the, the talks about well, what if you don't play college football? Well, if you don't play college football, the universities are going to miss out on billions of dollars for the athletic departments across the country. And then the same thing with the NFL. You know, eventually that stuff's going to trickle into the players and owners. There's nobody, there's no season tickets going to be sold because people are going to be like, hey, man, I didn't get my season tickets. Like, uh, I can't go watch a game. I want my money back. And that's when it's going to put everything into a tailspin. Well, and not only that, I mean, for the people who want to make the non-essential argument, I have very strong opinions about that, too. Think about the young man or the young woman who's, you know, attending high school down there, who's looking at athletics as a means to attend college by way of scholarship. Absolutely. Uh, you know, sports has fortunately been the avenue for millions of young men and young women in our country to get a college education and make their lives better and make our communities better as a result. You take sports away, uh, you, you're closing a very, very important avenue for young men and young women to make themselves and their families better. Forget the the pro athletes and and you know the billionaire owners and everything. Like I'm talking about this on a community level. It all trickles down. Uh, if there's no pro sports, that means there's there's much less of an incentive for colleges to um, to field teams that would have players that would pursue professional careers. There's no college sports. There's no scholarships for 
tens of thousands of young men and women who rely on those scholarships to get a college education. I, I just I worry very, very deeply about how the role of sports in our society has just been trivialized by some as, as we debate the way forward through through this virus. And and I understand you, you don't want to be, you know, having major gatherings and filling stadiums and playing sporting events when it's not safe to do so. But I think we need to also understand that when it does become safe to do so, we got to get back quickly. Or you're right. I mean, we're going to have collegiate athletic programs and professional sports teams and, and unfortunately maybe even high school athletic departments going out of business. And, and that would be a, a huge, huge tragedy. Well, and you think about it, though. I mean, there's tons of businesses that are – their model is built out of, out of sports – just think about yeah. it. Dick's Sporting Goods, huge box stores, <laughs> Nike, Nike, Adidas. But let's think about the, the the Taco Max, the Buffalo Wild Wings, the Wild Wing Cafes. Their model is built around sports. Sports oh, yeah. is an American game. I mean, sports is so American. You know, not that it's. I mean, it's a, it's a global thing, but sports is so American that people. That's a way for people to fellowship, man. What do you do during football season? You know, it's like, oh, what are you doing on Saturday? You know, hey, when's our fantasy draft? You know, for for football. You know, who's on your fantasy right. team? And so, as an emotional tie for people, it's just a part of it's a part of life. And then, you know, I hadn't even really thought about what you uh, what you brought up there about the uh, about the college athletics. You know, college athletics and scholarships give some people an opportunity to attend college that will never have the opportunity without sports. Without sports. To get there, and that builds our future leaders a lot of times. A thousand percent, especially in communities like yours down there. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's concerning. I know it, every industry is impacted by this, every sector. Uh, and I'm not saying that sports needs to be more important than anything else, but I, I just, I, I cringe at, at all these people who say, ah, well, you know, you're just going to have to go without sports for a while, deal with it. Well, no, don't deal with it. (laughs) That could be catastrophic to a lot of people who are relying on sports for income, but I think also more importantly, relying on sports as a as a way to to make their their lives and their families' lives and their communities' lives better. You're exactly right. And I tell you what, Mike, if you don't mind, we're going to have you stick around and uh, chat with us right after this quick break. That's all right. All right, we got Mike Conti on the phone here from 92.9, the game in Atlanta, the Atlanta United Voice, and you know from Atlanta Hawks basketball and more up there. We're going to talk Atlanta Falcons draft right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Rob Ben and Joe Show brought to you by Bubba's Tire Network One Sports. We'll be right back. California Groove Film, though, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. number one choice for community and collegiate sports. The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show will be right back. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 478-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. You're listening to The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blake, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. All right, you're back. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, brought to you by Bubba's Tire Network 1 Sports here, hanging out with... uh, Mr. Mike Conti from 929 The Game in Atlanta. And, uh, Mike, uh, we had that virtual draft last week, and I'll tell you what, it was uh, not as bad as I thought it would be being a television or radio guy. <clears throat> I was waiting to see the wheels come off of somebody's shot, and I just didn't see that. <laughs> but outside of the fun for television, the draft was uh, not what I expected to see from the Atlanta Falcons. What are your thoughts? 
Well, I mean, I think Thomas Dimitrov did a good job of addressing areas of need, especially on the defense. And, and he said afterwards that was the plan going in. They were really going to pay a lot of attention on the defense. They felt like through free agency – they had addressed the offense, in particular with the signing of Todd Gurley. So, you know, to go out and get A.J. Terrell, um, who was the best corner on the board when, when their spot came up 16th overall, makes a lot of sense. Uh, if, if you don't believe in, in Kendall Sheffield being a starting outside corner for uh, the, the Falcons going into this 2020 season, this gives you a little more depth and another option. And it, it sounds like they're pretty confident in Terrell starting on the outside, maybe with Oliver on the inside or Sheffield. So addressing an area of need. Marlon Davidson, I think, might turn out to be the best pick of the whole draft class for the Falcons. And again, versatility, someone who could play off the edge but could also play inside at defensive tackle. Uh, Same with Michael Walker, the linebacker they got out of Fresno State, someone who can play inside linebacker, someone who can play outside linebacker, and also stand up on the line of scrimmage come off the edge. Uh, Matt Hennessy, the, the center out of Temple, uh, just being raved about by Jeff Collins, who coached him at Temple, uh, as, as someone who's a really cerebral, heady player, also very tough, but someone who can play center and also guard. And even the punter that they drafted late in the seventh round can kick off and kick field goal. So <laughs> they, they address needs, but they also found versatility. And I, I know it. One of the big complaints has been, well, the Falcons drafted a lot of these guys too early, and I get that. I mean, there, there were definitely some reaches in this draft, but it's tricky. If you don't have a partner with whom to trade, uh, you got to take the guy. Oh, I think we lost you there for a second, Mike. <clears throat> but, Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah there you same. go. There you go. Okay. I mean, I was just saying, you know, it, some people said the Falcons reached a little bit. And I, I get that. Um, but if you can't find a partner with whom to, to trade, to trade down, then you can't take the chance of letting a guy slip off your draft board if he's not going to be there in, in, you know, 30 or 40 picks. So everyone, uh, everyone has the right to second guess, and, and I certainly understand it. But I think from a standpoint of addressing need, and finding versatile players, the Falcons did a pretty good job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this was, if you kind of bottle it up, I would say it's it was a lot of really heavy offensive players that you see coming off the board. Heavy, popular quarterback names. Obviously, right. the Falcons not in a market for a QB. And so... I kind of I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. I think people jump a little bit too early by saying, well, "What do we take this guy at 16? I mean, he's in there right, right. Like he should have been picked at 40." Well, you don't know if the guy would have been there. You know what you're going to get out of that guy. Really good athlete, really fast, has the tools to develop, put on some weight at the next level, and he had a good career at Clemson. Most people watching the LSU game were like, "Well, Terrell, man, he got toasted deep." Yeah, but look at who he was covering too. He was not the only guy out there. They were playing against, you know, really really <laughs> good receiver and he's on islands too so i mean that's a little bit of a stretch to just put one game against the guy but i i'm i really am really happy with the second round pick with uh marlon davison out of auburn i think that we uh will really get a steal out of him i think he was a little bit i guess lower rated than you would than i would have thought when i watched him he's an he's an animal in the interior and i think that's really gonna help build the Atlanta defense from the interior to help get some more size in there and strength. Totally agree. I, I thought he was their best pick, to be honest with you. Uh, and, and they probably got the most value out of him. You know, in, in the draft, guys, and you know this, fans don't get excited unless you take a quarterback <laughs> or, if you, or if you take the Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yep. Like last year, the Falcons took an offensive tackle and an offensive guard with two first-round picks, and no one was excited. <laughs> no, one gets, no one gets excited over picks like that. But you don't want to be a team that has to draft a quarterback. That's right. If you're a team that has to draft a quarterback, you're in you trouble. Probably stink. <laughs> you're you bad. probably stink, or your quarterback's going to retire, be traded, or you can't afford to pay him anymore. So <laughs> I think that it's a good thing I'm not an NFL general manager because I don't have a thick enough skin to handle it. Uh, <laughs> I thought the Falcons did just fine. I'm with you. I love the Davidson pick a lot. As far as Terrell and how he played in the national championship game, all I would say is if the Indianapolis Colts used Peyton Manning's final collegiate game 
in in making their sole evaluation on whether or not they should draft him. Peyton Manning would have been a fifth round pick. One hundred percent. His team got blown out in his last college game. He threw for 130 yards and in an interception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you kind of look at the body of work and not just how it ends. My point and, exactly. And, and I think that that's something Gabo Sweeney said on our radio station on Friday. Like, yeah, I mean. Uh, he had a rough night down there in New Orleans, but the entire team had a rough night down there in New Orleans. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. make him any worse of a football player. Well, and, and you know, I think the Falcons do it, have done a good job, like you said, this year and last year, of not being victim to that kid in Toys R Us that's going to the big giraffe stuffed <laughs> animal, you know, that's sitting there on sale. And it's like he's right in front of the store. Oh, I want that one, but but he really needs, you know, a Tonka truck. Right. You know, don't, right. don't get in the giraffe just because he's on sale and you're looking at him. Yeah. Get what you need and Davidson anybody that wears a solo digit and plays defensive line has got my vote. <laughs> anybody that went because all that I think yeah. he's number he wore number three or number he five three, or yeah. three yeah. he yeah. swallowed up that number you turn on the TV and you're like he's playing what Play. defensive line right. he's like that guy's a boss yeah. like period that's hilarious Yes. You know, he's not doing that at Azusa Pacific or uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the College of Worcester or something like yeah. that. I mean, if you're a single-digit defensive lineman at an SEC school, you're doing something right. Yeah, there's no question. He fought a slot receiver big time for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and won. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definite heavy discussion. But, uh, Mike, uh, just a little bit talking about kind of some of the, the trade deals that we had or kind of more free agent stuff going on. So uh, how do you think uh, the Todd Gurley um, – the pickup for the Falcons is going to help um, bolster the backfield a little bit, take some of the pressure off Ryan. Yeah, high risk, high reward. If he's healthy, I think it's it, it could work out great. Um, he insists that he's healthy. He insists he's a couple years removed from his, uh, you know, from his most recent severe knee injury. Uh, he he seems to insist that he's not going to have to have his workload managed through training camp. I choose to believe him on all that. He's still relatively young. Uh, but I, I think the Falcons are also really confident in the depth that they have behind him. You know, Quadri Allison, who was a day three draft pick last year out of Pitt, I think they really like him. Ito Smith, they like the way he was trending before he got hurt. Uh, and, and they have Brian Hill as well, who's someone they, they've been very, very high on over the last couple of years. So, I think the idea is, yeah, I mean, if Todd Gurley can give him 15 carries a game, great, but he's not going to have to. Uh, and and in goal line situations where the Falcons really, really, say, even in a Super Bowl year, they kind of struggled uh, in short yardage situation. I, I, I think Todd Gurley is going to help him a great deal uh, in, in spots like that, as opposed to Devontae Freeman, who was a little more finesse. Yeah. So you just hope he stays healthy. Uh, it certainly got the fans excited. Yeah. Um, you know, the Falcons have not had many UGA players lately for whatever reason. Uh, th- this is something that really has the fans fired up down here, and I-, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, we love to see the boys in red and black come and uh, wear the red and black again. <laughs> crowd, <laughs> we're, we're excited crowd about that. Crowd-pleasing yeah. move. Um Mike, uh, you are the color guy for the Atlanta Hawks, man. Uh, just kind of covering all the bases here that you cover with Atlanta. How do you see this team, man? You got such a young basketball team with some thriving talent. Um, you can definitely tell they're trying to build this, something like the Warriors did from the start. Um, where do you see the Hawks kind of in the next two or three years, man, the type of moves they might need to make uh, going forward with Trey Young and some of these players they have, all this future talent? Uh, what do you see them looking like in the next two or three years? Oh, Mike, I don't know where you went, man. <laughs> hey, uh, there he is. There, there he is. How about now? Okay. Uh, I think we've seen proof that Trey Young's going to be a superstar in this league, right? I mean, there's yes, no doubt about sure. that. Can they find the right supporting cast to put around him? Uh, and I think that's still a work in progress. John Collins is interesting. He's someone that I think can be a career 20-10 and 10 player in this league. But he also put the team in an awful position this year uh, with, with the 25-game suspension that essentially killed the season, um, uh, uh, quite frankly. Uh, now you, you have to make a decision on him relatively soon. Is he worth a max-level contract? He feels he is. I don't know if the club necessarily agrees with that. If that's the case, then you've got to find someone else that you can pair with Trey in an inside-outside type role 
you know, Clint Capella is someone who hasn't even played for the Hawks yet. Uh, when he was acquired by the Hawks, he was injured coming out of Houston. I think he can help them. But, uh, you know, you're going to need to have DeAndre Hunter take a big, big leap from year one to year two. I think Cam Reddish was on the way to making that leap within his rookie year. But I, I think this team needs a veteran. Uh, I, I think they need a veteran who can uh, be a knockdown shooter and and can give the Hawks a, a little bit of toughness that they, they've kind of lacked. And, and that's the thing. Everyone said, well, you know, fortunately the Hawks will be able to get another good draft pick and build through the lottery again this year. Man, I'm tired of doing that. <laughs> You're not going to get better by adding rookies every year. You've got to find a veteran who's going to be willing to join this young group and make them better. And that's going to be the challenge for general manager Travis Schlenk, whether it be this offseason or next. But the good news is you have, I think, a bona fide superstar player in Trey Young who is going to attract that kind of veteran to come here to Atlanta. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's the one thing that I've said. They did a, a really, really yeoman's work by getting Trey Young. That's a great pick. But you're exactly right. If you're trying to dip into the lottery every year, we know how that story goes. You're you're never going to get out of the hole. You have got to get somebody in there to pair with Trey Young like – a really, really solid small forward, power a, a Paul forward, George, somebody, or Jimmy Butler, somebody that can give him some help. Yeah, get the pressure off that guy and, and really help kind of bring him up to that veteran status. If you're a rookie and you're trying to make it without that veteran guy there, which Trey Young essentially is kind of doing that, it makes yeah. it a lot more difficult for all of the youth on that team. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Trey can't score 50 points a night, though. Right before the, we stopped basketball, Mike, he was dropping 50 a night. This guy well, was I going know. off. I know. I was there, and the Hawks were still losing games. <laughs> I know. The Hawks were still losing games. I mean, that's the problem. That's right. Uh, you know, it, teams, teams were playing the Hawks. Okay, yeah, let Trey get 50. That's fine. Uh, let him get 50, but don't let anyone else get 20. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that was a, a viable strategy. Look at Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia, every year they're picking first, second in the draft, and, and that was their intent. They were actively tanking. Okay. And they made some good draft picks. You know, they got Joel Embiid. They got Ben Simmons. But they didn't jump to the next level until they found Tobias Harris and J.J. Reddick to join that group, two veterans. I mean, Harris relatively veteran, and J.J. Redick absolutely a veteran. Veterans who fit and kind of elevated them to that next level. And I think that's where the Hawks need to go. The problem is most of the free agents who are going to make that kind of impact are already spoken for for the next year or two. So it's a complicated situation for Travis Schlenk, the general manager, but he's a smart guy. He helped build the Golden State Warriors into what they are right now, and hopefully he'll do the Well, not what they are this year, but what they were <laughs> when they were winning championships, and hopefully he'll do the same here in Atlanta. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he can uh, try and put it together and try and reel somebody in at least in the next year or so, and, and we'll see how it all develops. But you're you're right there in Atlanta, and uh, Ben and I being uh, really big tech guys and stuff, watching Jeff Collins come in and basically throw the Georgia Tech ball up in the air and throw it down on a totally different face with everything, the culture and everything else. What have you seen up around Atlanta that's different with Jeff Collins being there as opposed to Paul Johnson being at Georgia Tech? Everything. That's what I said. Of it. <laughs> Paul hates you, the you media could... and would not talk to anybody. He hated right. it. <laughs> and, and, and he can't get Jeff to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get a mic away from this guy. <laughs> No, listen, and I like Paul a lot, and I think I've been very public about that on Twitter. I was a big Paul Johnson fan. So were we. If I were a Georgia Tech alum or if I were a Georgia Tech fan, I would have been very, very proud to have Paul Johnson running my football program. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. he, he, He did everything the right way. He won ACC championships. He won Orange Bowls. Uh, You know, it. I know that Tech has played at a, a very high level sporadically for a long time over the life of their program. They are, in fact, the most recent program in the state of Georgia to win the national championship of college football. That's Some right. people uh, forget but, that, Mike. Some uh, no, people forget I, I that. Let's not forget. But, but here's the reality. With all due respect to Bobby Ross and, and Chan Gailey and everyone in between, Paul Johnson uh, had a sustained level of success at Georgia Tech that that, that that school, that institute, never really had before 
And and I, I think they're going to get back to that level and probably even exceed it with, with Jeff Collins. You look at the way he's recruited. I mean, he, he's done an unbelievable job in just one or two recruiting cycles of bringing, you know, high-level talent from within the state of Georgia. That That is enormous. And I think he's going to be a problem for Kirby Smart on the recruiting trail. I really, really do. Because he does bring that, that level of energy. And I love Paul, but Paul did not have that level of energy that I think a lot of kids can relate to. So I really wish Jeff all the best of luck. I, I think it makes college football in our state much more robust, much more robust when Georgia Tech is playing on the same level as the University of Georgia. And we've had years where that has been the case and years where it hasn't been the case. I think Jeff Collins is going to make that program a little more consistent, but I, I hope they're patient with him because he, you're right. I mean, he basically threw the ball up in the air and, and reset everything. And that that takes time. That takes a lot of time. And I just hope that they're patient with him and fans understand that this is a marathon, not a sprint. And, and it takes that. It takes that for a college football program making such a, you know, because he's very he's very millennial, whereas Paul was very, you know, not Eric Russell. Russell. He was very Eric Russell. Yeah. You know, like if you really think about it. And um, that's what. We, we're, me and Rob, we've been going to Georgia Tech games since we can remember. And uh, that was mm-hmm. the talk in the stands. You know, people were like, oh, my gosh, this money down stuff? Is this guy a clown? What is going on? You know, like, we're, we're sitting here, and he's got his own dance team, and you should hear some of these old alumni. My my dad went to school there, and we're up in, you know, Section 203 on the 25-yard line around a bunch yeah. of alumni, and they're just trashing this guy. You know, like, who, you know, who did we well, get? You know, and just like, this guy's a, a sideshow. But in reality, you really got to give a guy three to four years let him recruit his players because the one thing i like about jeff in his recruitment if he likes a guy he doesn't care who's recruiting him he feels like he can get him and he's going to go sell out for that guy and he knows what he's got to do is it's just you know you got to get out there and do it and he's not afraid to take those chances agreed and, and so far he's had a, a, a pretty good record of success so you know i went to penn state my wife did too and when Joe Paterno left, and well, not really left, uh, but, but when, when his tenure came to an end, you know, we had Bill O'Brien for two years, but then James Franklin comes in, who is in every way, shape, and form a total opposite of Joe Paterno. And there was a lot of resistance among the alumni. It, it, you know, who is this guy who's, you know, literally shooting off fireworks before kickoff and playing rock music over the PA system? This and you're is right, Penn State. Yeah. Who is this guy? And, and you know, things things did not start out very well for him. They were coming off sanctions. They had a, a you know a seven and six year. They had another seven and five year where they lost the Gator Bowl. And then you know midway through his third year, he was almost fired after they got blown out by Michigan. What happened from there? Now they've been to a, a New Year's Six Bowl game three of the last four years and have won two of them. And Penn State's in the playoff discussion every year. And that happened in a relatively short amount of time. But uh, fans and alumni almost lost patience with him. So I would just say from that perspective, I, I hope that you know the pressure might be a little bit less at Georgia Tech than it is at Penn State. But I, I just hope <laughs> that they are patient with Jeff Collins because I think there was a little bit of impatience with Paul Johnson, especially at the end. And I didn't think that was very fair. I, I thought Paul Johnson, dealing with the limitations that come at Georgia Tech and the challenges of getting academically qualified athletes to play football there, Paul Johnson did, I thought, magic tricks at that program to, to be competitive in the ACC, beat SEC teams routinely at bowl games, and, and you know get to a bowl game every year. Yeah. Man, it's like speaking to the choir. That's exactly what we've heard from Robin Ben here. <laughs> the <laughs> exact you. same thing. He is uh he performed magic tricks up there. He really did. So I can't disagree with you at all. Oh yeah, it's, I, I just think that Jeff is uh, is walking into a, a really good kind of situation though, because Tech fans are ready to turn the page. And if you kind of compare in the two though, like you were talking about, Paul didn't have a lot of help from the athletic department he wasn't solely bought into the recruiting and Jeff's got a lot more steam behind him and he is yeah. he, I mean I think that the, the true testament for some tech fans is could you hold on to the four star that Ohio State's going to slide in there and LSU's going to try and throw with Jameer Gibbs this year in the recruiting right. stuff we're all down here me and my dad and Ben are talking my brother we're like hey you know we're going to be able to hold on to this guy cuz you knew it's coming he's Typical throwing up tech he's going to flip he's throwing a flip 3 or 400 yard rushing at uh, you know games out there his first couple games of high school and you're like well here it goes you'll see how see if we can if he's really bought into the tech culture and 
the way that Jeff's built the staff with the Shard Choice and a couple of past tech grads and stuff, I think Absolutely. they're really, I think they're really poised uh, for future success. Just because they've got half tech alumni and they've done a really good job with other diversifying, getting Brent Key back, even though he was a tech alumni, but he was with Saban for a while. So they've done a really good job building that staff for the future, for sure. Yeah, and he's got great relationships with the high school coaches in our state too, dating back to when he was in Rockdale County. I, I think that's really, really important, too. And sometimes uh, those those connections get a little bit tested and a little bit frayed. And I think Jeff Collins really understands the importance of having, uh, you know, positive relationships with high school football coaches in our state. And that goes a long, long way. Uh, so it, it, you're right. It will be interesting. I mean, he, he, he's getting the kids. Now can he hold on to them? But I think the other element, too, is can he develop them? Can he make them better players? I think he proved at Temple that he can develop players. And, and you know, he, he you are right. He has an outstanding coaching staff. Outstanding. I mean, Brett Key could be a head coach at, at a Power 5 school right now, I think. Uh, and and it's going to be incumbent on that coaching staff and incumbent on Jeff as the head coach to prove that he can develop these players because, honestly, you know, it's one thing to, to talk a, a fast game and get a, a five-star kid to come to Atlanta, but where you really, really start to convince kids to join your program is when you can take a two- or a three-star kid and get him in the NFL. Absolutely. There you go. That's a big deal right there. Exactly, Mike. And, and one question I want to ask you, talking about that specifically, that's a good segue to my question about old Jake Fromm here and the declaration to go into the draft, and then you see where he wound up. Uh, just I want to hear your thoughts on uh, on Fromm in the draft before we let you get out of here. I think the Buffalo Bills were very, very, very fortunate to get Jake Fromm where they got him. Yes. and. I, I just I look at Jake Fromm at this guy is a winner. He is a good kid with a great work ethic who had a very tough combine. And I understand the concerns about his arm strength. They are valid. But I, I think you know when you're when you're drafting quarterbacks, there are certain intangibles that I think are more important than how how far you can throw a football. Uh, and if you can uh, throw a, a 15-yard slant crisply or a 20-yard slant crisply or whatever. Right. Jake Brown's a winner, and he's a good kid. Uh, and I think he will go up to Buffalo, and he will compete, but he will also understand his role. He'll be a good teammate. And, you know, I know a lot of people have made the Aaron Murray comparisons to Jake Brown. I think Jake Brown will have a career much more uh, analogous to Matt Stafford than Aaron Murray in the NFL. I, I just I see him sticking around for a long time, and I don't think what happened last week makes his decision to go pro uh, any more or less incorrect. It's just one of those things that happened, but I, I really hope and pray that he has a great NFL career, and I think the Buffalo Bills were very, very fortunate to get him where they got him. There's, there's no question about that, and my personal opinion on Jake Fromm is he's a good soldier. This yeah. guy is oh, your yeah. man. He has fallen in line. He's going to be for the team. Not one time in three years at the University of Georgia was this guy ever a sideshow. Never. He no. always it, was the model of consistency. Never, oh, yeah. snap you, never, you never, yeah. he, he's never durable. He's durable. Jake needs coaching. Last year, with with uh, Cheney leaving, Coley could not provide the type of high level QB coaching that Jake Fromm needs. He needs. You could tell his footwork yeah, was not as good. It got sloppy. a little sloppy. In the NFL, Fromm will ex. Well, I think he will be. He'll he will excel. excel. I think yeah. he will excel in the NFL. And Mike, I got a question. This is this is my. I've got a. I've kind of got a theory here. How do you think <laughs> Kirby? Smart is going to handle because Jake was that guy. Every time Kirby looked out there on the field, Jake's got yeah. this man. He's got it. You know, Kirby's Kirby's a very emotional guy. He gets excited about the game, and to his credit, his defense responds to that. Yeah. But sometimes offensively, it's You're, got to be even kill. Hey man, we got to. You know, you'd see Fromm out there pumping down the crowd. How do you think it's going to yeah. be for Kirby assimilating to another quarterback that doesn't have that? That might not have that calming. Jake Fromm's got this presence right. out there, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter at, uh, you know, at, at Auburn. That field leader, yeah. What I think is huge is that Jamie Newman has experience. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Newman is a veteran. 
Uh, even though he's not a veteran to the UGA program, he's a veteran who has been. And now I know it's a lot different in front of thirty thousand people at Wake Forest as opposed <laughs> to ninety thousand people up in Athens. But he's a veteran who's been there before, and I think that level of experience will will kind of earn him um, a, a level of trust with Kirby. To be quite honest with you, it's not like you're breaking in, uh, you know, a true freshman quarterback. But I, I think even Kirby has shown willingness to trust a young quarterback as he had to do at Notre Dame with Jake Brock, right. uh, you know, when they were dealing with uh, Jacob Eason's injury. So I think it's going to work out just fine. I, I really, really do. I think UGA is always going to be UGA because of the system and the fact that they have such high-level talent that they're able to surround the quarterback position with. And I, I, it will be fascinating to watch because you're right, we haven't seen anything otherwise in three years. But I, I just think Jamie Newman coming in there with that level of experience will will make it easy for him uh, to, to build that kind of trust with Kirby Smart. I think what will be very interesting is the, the loss of spring practice time uh, and, and the potential compression of uh, summer practice going into the fall season. Uh, th- this is not a great situation in which to be breaking in a new quarterback because the, the reps that you get in the offseason are limited. But uh, I think Georgia will be fine. I mean, it, as long as Georgia keeps putting five-star kids out there on the offensive line and at running back and at wide receiver, whoever the quarterback, yeah, we could play quarterback. There. <laughs> <laughs> They've got six running backs. I, I tell you, it's, it's, when you got that much talent, it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, you're sitting there like, well, you know what? If they didn't practice, they probably would still win at least nine games. We'd still beat Tennessee. It's like, <laughs> it's like we'd probably still win eight or nine games the way they look at it. But yeah, I, I think it's a real interesting uh, perspective, though, and I think they're, it's really fortunate for Georgia to have Newman coming in because of obviously, of of every, obviously what's going on. But if you look at that roster, Two of Georgia's offensive linemen were drafted in the top 15 picks or top 25, whatever they were. So you're not only coming back. I think the only one returning that was a starter was Pickens. So they have Mm -hmm. a total renovation going on on offense that is really going to be interesting to see how is it going to work. And nobody really knows how this stuff's going to work. with When the season's going to start, what's fall camp? Are they going to give them extra time? But it's going to be really interesting to see how they piece it together. You feel awfully good if you're Dabo Sweeney. (laughs) (laughs) You're not worried about your quarterback. (laughs) So, Mike, before we let you run, man, and I appreciate you spending all this time. We've taken a little more than we thought we would with us. But I want to ask you before we let you go, uh, what is on the uh, radio dial up there in Atlanta? What are you guys going to be talking about tomorrow when they turn on the radio? I have no idea. <laughs> That's funny. Like, we're having all these meetings this week now that the NFL draft is over. All right, uh, you know, we've been able to kind of milk that turn up for the last month. What are we going to talk about <laughs> right. now? Now, in reality, I mean, I, I'm excited because I look at NASCAR and, and Cup Series racing is going to be back in yeah. a little more than two weeks. May and, 17th. Uh, yeah. May 17th, and, and we're going to have a UFC card pretty soon. I'm not really into that, but it, at least it's live sports. PGA <laughs> Tour is coming back in about a month. Right. Uh, it, it sounds like momentum is really there to get baseball started pretty soon. So, you know, I, I really think we're going to have some live games to talk about pretty soon, and that'll be a good thing. But I think right now here in Atlanta, and it, it, it's been so fun talking to you guys because you're having such a good time, and it, it's great to laugh with you. It, it, it's, um, it, it's, we're easy to laugh at. <laughs> we love it, man. But, but listen, I mean, we're, we're, in, we're in kind of heavy times right now, and I, what I appreciate about what you guys are doing is you're giving your listeners an escape from all the heavy things that, that are kind of going on right now. And I think that's what we're trying to do up here in Atlanta. And yeah, every Friday, you know, we're working from home right now. So every Friday we pull out the grill and, uh, we do a barbecue and, um, you know, our, our hosts of the afternoon show, they barbecue their own recipes and, uh, We've got a carne asada marinating on the counter right now. In fact, my wife is sure, in the sure. as we speak because tomorrow is Uno de Mayo, so we're going to have uh, carne asada and uh, margaritas. But, no, I mean, th- those are the types of lifestyle things that we're kind of talking about on the radio right now just to give our listeners a chance to laugh and decompress a little bit but also get excited. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a very exciting Falcon season coming up. 
I think the Braves are going to be World Series contenders this year if they play a season. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of hope about UGA football, a lot of hope about Atlanta United. So uh, even though we aren't playing right now, doesn't mean we aren't going to play soon. And I, I think that that's kind of what we've been talking about on our air is, uh, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to. So let, let's kind of chop it up right now because, I, I mean, think about it. In November, it, we can have a weekend in November where, the Braves are in the playoffs. Georgia's playing Tennessee. Georgia Tech's playing Notre Dame. The Masters is going on, and they have an NFL doubleheader. Can Mike, you, you got to stop. Got, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm getting chills right now, Mike. <laughs> you got to quit. I'm too excited. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Well, that is good stuff. And let me tell you, by the way, my ribs right now are on point. That's all I got to say. I have got, got that. a lot of time to work on it. That's right. I have got that down to a science. So, uh, Mike Conti again with 92.9, the game in Atlanta. We appreciate you so much for being with us. And uh, tell everybody just when and where they can catch you before we let you get out of here real quick, all right? Sure. I, yeah, I appreciate that. 92.9, the game, uh, 92.9 FM, radio.com. Uh, I'm on uh, every weekday from noon to 6, and uh, you can also hear me doing Atlanta United and uh, the Atlanta Hawks. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciate you, man. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. All right. Take it easy, brother. Take it easy. Mike Conti there with us here on the Robin Ben uh, and Joe Show, brought to you by Bubba's Tire Center Network One Sports. And, of course, uh, we're going to be back in just a minute. One more quick break, and uh, we'll be back to talk, well, Whatever else we want to talk about in the last five to seven minutes. We'll drum something up. We'll drum it up. Back in just a minute on your Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Ben and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 478-275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba'sTireCenter.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Now back to Rob, Ben, and Joe. Brought to you by Bubba's Tire and Network One Sports. Mike Conti there from 92.9 The Game in Atlanta, the top sports radio show in Atlanta, the top man there, Mike Conti, and uh, what a good time that was, right? Talk Mike. about insider. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness, you know, talking about how he had Dabo Sweeney on and stuff the week before, but, you know, as well-rounded of, he's got as good a hold on Atlanta sports in the state of Georgia, oh, college, yeah. NFL, well, he's, he's got his hands in everything, and just getting that different perspective was really good to hear, especially in kind of times like this where people are kind of wondering what's going on. Um, that was that was exciting to kind of get that perspective of, of so many different views of what Atlanta has to offer in sports. Yeah, I think his his perspective so is so good because he's a Penn State guy, you yep. know, and he's in the heart of Atlanta. But he doesn't really have one of these teams, so he's able to be a guy yeah. on the outside. Like yeah. the way that he, the way that he visualized and, and is is uh, deciphering what is going on at Georgia Tech could be nothing more accurate of an outsider looking yeah, in right. and giving you an honest view, not no a biased right. homer. No right, he's Put, not the, the homer. No, he's not a homer. Yeah, he's, he's not, not <laughs> Rob going to interview <laughs> Jeff Cobb. So, he's an outsider. Well, that's in two weeks. So, yeah, I'll just play it. But he is the outsider yeah. that can give you really straight, good perspectives yeah. on Tech, Georgia, anything in the state, really hey. anything in the southeastern sports realm and he brings such a good viewpoint to this area. And that is why they are the number one uh, sports radio show in Atlanta right there. So everything you need to know you can find from Mike Conti and crew right there uh, on 92.9 of the game. One kind of thing I wanted to touch on was, um, you know, Rob, we were joking when we were drafting our fantasy team last yeah. year. 
when you're building a draft, you got to go get your needs or what you feel like are your needs. So we're sitting there drafting last year. We did the snake draft. Everybody's logged to their computer. You know, uh, nice banter going on on the chat bar between everybody. And um, Rob's like, about fourth or fifth round, I picked somebody. I can't remember who I picked. It was just somebody off the wall. And Rob puts in there and he goes, Ben over here. Looking like Mel Kiper on the picks, <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is though, because I was about to do the next, I was about to do the same thing because I won the league. Yeah, but the thing was not not trying to toot my horn for winning the fantasy league. However, I've got a pretty good track record with that. But the, uh, the the good thing about that is the Falcons are keeping in perspective what they yeah. need. Yeah, then they're doing a good job of that. They they knew with Tua Herbert. These big name receivers, Judy and all that. Why do we need them when we have Ridley and Julio and we just got Gurley and da da da? I mean, you know, it's just like why 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 waste a pick on that when the Falcons were abysmal on defense last right, year? Right. It, the only surprise to me was not looking at the interior versus the corner, but I guess it's who's top on your board at that point and what you heard uh, Mike talking. About. We'll see. That's I was in the same boat with you. We were sitting here and I was hoping they were gonna go with a really, really elite defender inside. Right. But really, if you look at that top board, when Isaiah Simmons was gone, that's really like the crown jewel of the defensive players. Yeah, the top 30, yeah. you know, for the first round, whatever you want to call it. So after he's gone, you know, you get down to Clavon Chasen and some of those guys that are – they're really good players, but they're real comparable to, you, you know, get a other talent. You get a free right. agent to give you a chase. Yeah, there was right. only one Isaiah Simmons in this draft. Where, That's right. Hey, hey, Isaiah, play safety. Hey, we'll line you up at corner this play, <laughs> and then next play we'll put you at outside linebacker, and then on the next one we're going to run inside linebacker. There was only one There's guy only one in the guy draft like for that. that. So yeah. with that being said – I know everybody's like, oh, Terrell, but he can build. The guy's got natural intangibles that, he's, that, he, that he can really build off of. They feel the need, but I can't say it enough. I think Marlon Davidson was an absolute steal in the second round. Well, hopefully that'll be the win, man. I, I mean, that'll, so. be the, that'll be the the nugget. But I know? think people take too much into consideration in the draft and like, oh, he was number one or, oh, he was the fifth. Well, look, just for the, the majority of the candidates, okay, in the NFL, most of your top picks – aren't the ones that last for 15 right. years and have really, really strong, illustrious careers, you know? I mean, I'm not saying they don't all, because there's obviously... There's some that do, obviously. obviously. There's yeah. a reason why they're drafted that That's high. Right. But there's a lot of third and fourth rounders that have one all, heck of yeah. careers. All your lunch bell guys are Or your coming. third and fourth round yeah. guys. Those are your 10-year players. Right. They are going to give you Jake 10 Fromm. years of service. Your Jake Fromm. 10 years, 12 years of right. service. Your defensive linemen, your offensive linemen, your quarterbacks. You know, guys that can play in the league a while, your linebackers. Those guys are the ones that you're going to pick. But for some of those kind of, call it Fairweather fans, or just kind of watch it because that was the only thing on TV, I think they said the draft ratings were up like 37%. They they were crazy. Because because people are thirsty for sports. Right. But if you're going to complain about the Falcons draft, watch what they're doing in free agency too. Yeah. Because think about who left, tune into who left, watch who they draft, and watch the final back end that you don't hear about. It's kind of like a business with sales, you know. They might sell a lot of Coke, and they're like, oh, man, you know, we only made this off Coke. Well, you don't see the back end rebate that they pick up right. after all the Coke they sell. Well, watch the free agents and see who they pick up because that's who actually well round rounds out the roster. The guy in the third and fourth quarter, you know, when Tampa's driving, is probably a free agent we picked up right before That's OTA. Right. That's right. That's right. A lost leader, right? That's exactly. what you got coming in there, the lost leader you find. You sold you sold the Coke, but man, you sold a lot of potato chips too. <laughs> right. That's exactly so right. we picked up some potato chips along the way is what I'm saying. So uh, guys, I think we're going to have to leave it there. Next week we'll see if we got uh, some more guests on. I've got, I got some uh, feelers out there trying to get a hold of some of these people just recruited. Uh, we're going to try to get there just drafted i should say going to try to get them back on the air with us here to talk about that journey so uh stick in next week we'll see if we got somebody on the show for you but if not we uh we will sit here and entertain you as we always do right you each know, and every week know where to come that's take, right take the clarity zertech folks yeah take the zertech no rain no rain itchy, in the forecast if your throat's itchy and your nose is runny the pollen is normal. <laughs> oh, don't forget you can catch us Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. 96.9, The Buzz, or you can download it anytime, Spotify and Apple Music. Stick around uh, each and every week. Take us wherever you go. Doesn't matter to us. We're right here with you each and every week on The Rob Ben and Joe Show. 
Brought to you by Bubba's Bubba's Tire and Network One Sports. We'll see you next week. You're listening to The Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music.